This week on The Pour Over, Dill and Joe open their discussion on the critically acclaimed HBO miniseries Chernobyl. Uh-oh, do you taste metal, Dill? Let's pour it all over. <laughs> um, what's up, Pour Over listeners? Welcome to our first official show, in quotes, of the new year, where we'll be kicking off with Chernobyl. Uh, for first-time listeners of the show, we are the Pour Over Podcast. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm Dylan. And uh, each week we bring you our thoughts on a certain TV show, um, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. Uh, for those of you who've stuck around, we welcome you back and are excited to dive into this new show discussion and also share about our coffee experiences this week. Um, and let's hope we actually keep up with our uh, coffee resolutions that we shared last week. Uh, but before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's catch up with the pour over boys. So what's up, Dill? Not much, not much. Hey. How about you? Not not much, man. Just uh, you know, recording on a weekday here. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, just got home from school not too long ago. Uh, put in a quick workout. Uh, you know, trying to stay mm, healthy these days. So healthy. Yeah, much health, much health. And, um, and yeah, just like had dinner and hopped on the pod. So been nice. pretty, 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 uh, busy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you, man? Yeah. Uh, chilling. I, I don't have class today. So nice. a couple of meetings, you know, at church and stuff. And I, uh, I went rock climbing today, you know, that's oh, my okay. exercise of choice. So. Yes, sir. Yeah, just trying to get back into it, and I man, I was I was super tired, but you know it was good just to get a little bit in. So trying mm-hmm. to keep up like a regular habit, you know. I feel like I I go a lot of times in one week, and then yeah. I just won't go for like a few days. So I just need to Uh-oh. spread it out more consistent, you know. Yeah. So are you uh are you doing the bouldering thing, or are you um uh is someone is it the word belaying you? Yeah, yeah, uh, top rope versus bouldering. Um, mm. I mostly do bouldering just because, I don't know. Well, I actually think top roping is harder in a way. Mm. I think it's it's more technical. So and really? you have to push yourself. It requires more endurance. Like bouldering, you get tired or you're like, eh, I don't know what to do. You just fall off the wall. is fine. Mm. But with top roping, you, you're stuck up there. So you can yeah. take a break. I mean, that's fine. But then you just keep going. You can't just mm. fall off and just chill and wait. So I, and they require some more endurance um, and isn't as strength based, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told, like, even if you're like dead tired, if you're top roping, if you just do the right technique, you can like inch your way to the top. Which oh. is not the case with bouldering. Because you know, if you're tired, you're losing grip. Like, that's it, you know? Mm. But yeah, I mostly do bouldering. That's what my friends do. It's a little more chill as well. Yeah. I think a little, a little bit more of that hangout culture with bouldering because, you know, y'all kind of sit on the side, you know, take your turns and kind of help each other out and talk. So I, I just like that a little bit more. Yeah. Bouldering, I get the vibe is like very, I don't know, like West Coast, like chill mm. and like, you know, you just like boulder with your friends and like have some like. And the chalk there, yeah, yeah, and just chat on the side, smoke a doobie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I, I I like I like bouldering. So, um, I I I like to do more top rope if I can, more so just to push myself. 
mm-hmm. from there, like to hang out and stuff. Bouldering is definitely the go-to. So nice. Yeah, man. Cool, man. Um. So yeah, yeah. I think this 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 time around on the pour over show, I'm trying to streamline our questions a little bit. Mm. So you know, trying to simplify things for our listeners and just for each other. But I got I got two questions really. And the first question is, what have you been brewing lately? Mm-hmm. So, Dill, man, what have you been brewing lately? Yeah, I shared about it last week. I picked up some beans from Houston, from mm-hmm. Amaya Roasting Co. And is their bean from Peru? I think it's called Ronald Carranza. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, I shared a bit about it last week. I mean, taste notes, nectarine, red Andrew pear, brown sugar. Mm-hmm. And I think I like it. It's it's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I feel like the the experience has been different than other beans in the past. Oh, okay. That, you know, I shared before. Like, I think the finish is is really good. It's like a pretty long finish and gets kind of sweet, like yeah. almost like a buildup of sweet. Um, mm. And then the more I've been brewing it, I actually like drinking it hotter than normal. I feel like I usually let the coffee oh. cool and it's not a big deal. I feel like mm-hmm. when I drank it when it's hotter, there's like this bright fruit hit. But then okay. once it cools, it like it goes away. Hmm. So it's it's interesting. It's good. Um, I I would give it give it a solid rating. I think you know nice. like a you know four out of five or something. Yeah. Cool. So solid. I do like it. And yeah. So same bean as I talked about last time. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've been drinking the uh, deeper roots, John Castillo. Um, I guess he's a farmer or he has farms out of Colombia mm. and, uh, it's a, it's a good bean. It's, um, it's a little, uh, little bit sweet, but it, it's got some nice, uh, twang, little tanginess mm. to it. Twang. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I dig it. It's, um, it's, uh, I, I guess it would be more of a, like a medium to light roast. Um, but the, the flavor is like, um, a little, pretty fruity, I guess. And, um, and uh, it's got like, like a little bit of a tangy kind of acidic acidic bite to it. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my second question is, what have been your coffee thoughts? Or if you kind of think about it, um, you know, the que- the first question is, what have you been brewing lately? The second question is kind of like, what have you been brewing on lately? Like your Ooh. mind. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, we, so. we just getting deep with it. Pour over, you know, we pour mm-hmm. over the shows. Now we're what's brewing in our minds. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I man. thought we I thought we'd do twenty twenty like uh like bringing some clarity, you know what I mean? Like twenty twenty vision. Ooh. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna share more yeah. about ourselves. Yeah. So oh, we're gonna man. be a little more honest here. That's good. That's good. But uh yeah, what have been your coffee thoughts? Okay. Yeah, I think I I wasn't hundred percent sure what you meant by this in the notes <laughs> originally, and I was just like, "Oh, what I what I think about the coffee I'm brewing." Um, <laughs> yeah, but, that, that's uh, yeah, that things, can also apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, things have been brewing in my mind. So you know, a little bit about me. Like, I'm I'm graduating this semester from mm. grad school, so get my master's. You know. Yeah. And so brewing on like, what what should I do next? Right. I'm looking for work. I'm trying to get a job. Um, at a church somewhere mm-hmm. and for me like brewing on my mind is like do i want to move you know do i want to stay local here mm. stay here you know where my mom's at yeah or you know do i want to go somewhere else and so mm. it's kind of 
Like, how do you make these kind of big life decisions, I guess? Wow. Or what seem big? I mean, they are, but some big consequential uh, decisions, I guess. Right, yeah. And so you've always been in, in, well, you've been in kind of two places in your life, right? Like, mainly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I've been in Dallas for about 11-ish years now, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, originally from Utah, but I've been here pretty much the the latter portion of my life. So, yeah, now it's kind of one of those, do I make that move to actually like be apart from my family? Mm-hmm. Or do I prioritize the family and try to stay here? I don't know. Um, right. I mean, there's not really a right answer, of course, but that's kind of what, what I've been thinking about. Yeah, yeah. I think like uh, for myself, um, I haven't really lived with my family in quite a while like Mm. when i when we met it was in dallas and at that point um you know i i was i was leaving my hometown for for college like undergrad and then after that i went to grad school so i haven't really been in houston for you know going on um you know like over nine almost ten years now wow! so it's kind of crazy when i think about it um even though like i'm so close with my family um, I, yeah, I, I just think, I think maybe if, um, something happened in our family, like mm. I might want to, um, move home or spend some time with, um, my family more and just be closer to there. But, um, a lot of my siblings are like a lot older than me. So mm. our family seems to be kind of branching out more now in general. So, you know, they, my brothers and my sisters both have families of their own and all that stuff. So, um. My mom, my mom's nest is empty right mm. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be the case for most of my friends kind of moving out for work and jobs and different things. It is interesting. Like a lot of my family in Utah, they just all stay in Utah. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that, but it seems to be the case with my, my family, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's yeah, interesting. Man. Yeah. Well, about you, what's been brewing on that mind? Uh, on my mind, uh, I've been thinking about uh, our public education system Ooh, okay. and um, the flaws in it, especially mm. in relation to today's modern society. And what I, specifically I'm talking about is like um, our kids in schools are recognizing that the skills that we grew up learning in school do not apply for real world jobs now. Mm. Like, you know, the saying like, oh, I'm never going to use this, you know, trigonometry yep. in school. Like it's that times a hundred. Because mm. even though the standards in public education have been increasing, the types of jobs and the types of like careers that people can actually do nowadays are so much more diverse, so much more different mm. than what we had opportunities when we were younger. So like, if a kid really wants to be a YouTube star and they have energy to do that and they have, you know, a certain amount of resources to do that, like there's really nothing we could say as educators to say, oh yeah, you can't do that because mm-hmm. it's so, it's like possible. Like, you know, we see so many examples right now. Um, or like, you know, a kid wants to be like uh, a pro gamer, you know, like that's, that's a possibility. So I think it's, it's a little difficult as a public educator when, you ask kids to do certain things because that's what we've always asked our kids to do mm. when now they question it and, and we're like, well, 
I guess you're kind of right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the question, like, what was the point of education and just like standardization? Mm-hmm. It's like, what what purpose is that serving? And I, right. I, I don't know. That's that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good thoughts there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Maybe maybe we get some feedback from listeners or even other things that they've been brewing on their minds. Uh, people mm-hmm. can let us know. And uh, yeah, we, we can talk about it. We can engage. Just another opportunity to talk yeah. about things. We love to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I guess we're moving on to the show for this week or even just the new series. Yes, um, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chernobyl. Woo. So like, I'm like about Joe said one. at the top, kind of getting back to our roots, you know, HBO, just mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, starting with Westworld, and now well, we're coming back to HBO. Just this, this mini mini series, limited series, however you want to call it, about Chernobyl. So yeah, this week, you know, we're we're, we're opening our discussion on that. Um, the show has been nominated and has won many accolades for its visual effects, acting, costume design, so many more things. It just keeps going on and on, and we just gotta get on that hype. You know, mm-hmm. of course, we're a little bit late per usual. Yeah. Not as late as normal though. I would yeah. say. No, Westworld, we're like two <laughs> calendar years late. Yeah. So we we just on the tail end here. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're excited to talk about our thoughts on episode one, though. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, we got got a little bit of summary here. Uh, just going to move over to you know, episode one of, of Chernobyl. Basically, you know, the, the show starts, there's this guy just recording these tapes in his apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's blaming the head engineers and other people at Chernobyl for just that whole incident. And then he hides the tape somewhere and actually in hangs himself in his something. house. Yeah. yeah. He makes sure he feeds his cat, though. I appreciate true, that. True, true. Uh, but then we, we get a little bit of time jump two years and one minute earlier, I guess. I think that's mm-hmm. what it said. It's kind of yeah, weird. Like but um, again, with, with some pronunciation here. But <laughs> yeah, we cut two years earlier in Priapiet. Um, nice. And then that's where that's where we see you know the fire breaks out. That's where the Chernobyl nuclear plant is, and we basically watch the chaos that ensues. Yeah, uh, we see a little bit um, about a firefighter, Vasily, um, talking to his wife, and then uh, more looking into the control room, the head engineers, and even just like the government officials. Just how are they going to respond to this? Right. Um, so yeah, at the end we see. Legosov, which is the guy from the beginning, um, mm-hmm. he's told about what's happening at Chernobyl, and then he's ordered to provide technical advice to the committee uh, managing the response. And then kind of the cliffhanger is like they, they pan to like a school or something with kids, oh. and a bird falls out the sky. Yes. And so, yeah, I, I would say it's, you know, it's pretty dramatic. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. It's like a look into it, into this thing that we know is terrible. The characters mm-hmm. don't yet know, right? Um, yeah. So, what what did you think about this episode? Our introduction to Chernobyl. Really tense. Um. Really, uh, kind of sad, but also mm. like couldn't look away. You know, it's mm. like so intense. I was telling you like a little bit before. Um, we 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 both kind of uh put up the show notes. Like in this show, in the beginning, you don't know who's like a main character, who's not a main character. Mm-hmm. Like every character on this show uh, is is so well acted and like feels significant. Like everyone in that control room, especially the you know the head engineer guy, you're like, oh man, like 
is this person going to survive the end of the episode? Like, mm. are they going to die? And then, like, when you start to see people die, you're like, oh, shoot. Like, um, like, should I invest in this person? You know, but uh, overall, like, yeah, I really like this episode. Um, I'm really excited uh, to see what, what the rest of this um, kind of, um, you know, uh, fictional documentary kind of mm-hmm. thing has to say, how accurate it is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, what did you think, man? Yeah, I enjoyed this first episode. Like, I didn't really know what to expect necessarily because there's only five episodes, I think, mm-hmm. in this mini series. So I'm like, how are they going to approach this? How are they going to introduce us and get us up to speed, basically, in such a short mm-hmm. amount of time? And I feel like they sort of didn't in some ways. They just kind of like threw us in. I yeah. Feel like, again, they have that first opening scene, of course. Like, everyone knows Chernobyl and just that it's this terrible thing, you know, nuclear power plants, radiation, all that. Um, But I think that's where a lot of just, like, popular understanding ends, at least for me, where I'm just Mm. like, yeah, Chernobyl is a thing that was mentioned, like, in my history class for, like, a minute. And that's it. So I don't really know anything else about it. So going into it, I was just like, yeah, what was going to happen? And I appreciate how they basically just gave us that inside look, like I said, as the events were progressing mm-hmm. and like people didn't really know what was happening yet. We, we just get to experience it as the characters and the people experience it themselves. Right. Um, and I thought it was really well shot in terms of like the cinematography and those kinds of things. And I feel like you, it conveyed a lot of emotion. Yes. Um, like kind of indirectly in some ways it's just by showing you, yeah. you just like feel it. You, you feel know. the you feel the emotion when they showed the pictures they showed the uh, scenes of like the the nuclear core that's mm-hmm. missing like just that energy and like that ominous um just look of it mm-hmm. uh like almost makes you think that the smoke coming out is like a character or kind of like a yeah. monster all of its own you know what I mean Yeah dude yeah especially at the end you know and not not to jump too far ahead but it's just um at the end you see the smoke like billowing and is moving toward mm-hmm. the city, like the town that's just a little bit off from the power plant. And yeah. you just get this, yeah, this ominous feel like this evil is coming. This terrible yeah. thing is about to come. And it's the radiation itself is like the smoke. Right. And it really gave me like kind of like classic horror movie vibes, mm. you know, especially toward the end. Cause they, I feel like they utilize silence really well. Hmm. Um, is you, you just see the cloud moving over, is coming to the people, and they just don't really have any dialogue at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, they utilize the sound really well, like the sound yeah. design, and like, um, you know, there's really no soundtrack, really. I think in this show, I don't think I remember hearing any music. That's there probably was music. I'm not gonna lie, uh, <laughs> but but what I do remember is the kind of like crispy radiation, like crackling sounds. Mm. And uh, that is very unsettling. You know, every time they had uh, a scene where the characters got close to the, uh, the core and like you hear that sound, you're like, Oh God, like someone's, someone's about to vomit. Like someone's Mm -hmm. about to just suddenly go (laughs) vomit or someone's going to like look, look at the camera with their face and it's going to be all like red. Yeah. 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 Like they were subtle, yeah, not you know, like I, I think the one approach to would be to kind of really overplay the radiation, you know, mm-hmm. like people run in, all of a sudden their face like melts off and like they grow <laughs> a third arm or something, you know. But, um, well, I, I, I'm no scientist, this is probably a little bit more accurate, 
Um, mm. It's just like people start bleeding out. And yeah. um, like if people actually touch the source, you know, of the radiation, it seems like they get a little bit more like um, affected like right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get lesions on their body. Yeah, and then other people are just kind of still exposed, but not as directly. They just kind of like throw up and it kind of right. is like a delayed effect. Yeah, like uh, they get weak and they like start to faint. Yeah, um, yeah, like that happens to the head engineer towards the end of the episode. Like he's all good till the very end, but then after yep. the board meeting, he just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's like in the control room the mo- most yeah. of the time, or in that like hidden bunker or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what would you think about his response, man? Like he was so, I don't know, like dumb. Like I, I don't know yeah. how else to say. He, he's just so prideful and that like no no way mm-hmm. the core blew up this is impossible and he just wouldn't even listen to reason like even right. the people on his team he's just like nah so i don't know how you felt about him like as a character i thought he was a guy who was trying to save his own butt because mm-hmm. because he's a head engineer he didn't want to take the blame so obviously he's trying to you know lie to everybody and say well there's there's no issue like there's the core did not really explode it was just uh, like this fire that we need to put out with water. And like, um, yeah, I thought he was just like trying to save his own skin, really. Um, and uh, and by like lying to everyone and kind of downplaying everything, mm-hmm. he was hoping he could kind of get away with it. Uh, yeah, so not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, he was just so entrenched in what he thought was right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the show really just showed like the reliance on their understanding of science, mm-hmm. but also their reliance on like their government, like in that bunker mm-hmm. scene when they bring, I don't know, it was like the committee or whatever they call it. Then there's yeah. that like older guy, he gives his speech about like, yeah. oh, you know, leave the things of the state to the state, you know, kind of thing. Right. Like really leaning into that like socialist kind of stereotype. And then yeah. they just all start applauding They're him. Like, they're like, yes, amazing. And yeah. They like beat the table. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just interesting, just like the things they're relying on. Right. Versus like some facts, you know, that they're just dismissing. You right. Know, I, I forgot what the the radiation level thing is called. Uh, but, Rutgen you know, or something? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's 3.6. And every, like, everyone's response is like, oh, not, no. yeah, not, not terrible, not great. You know? <laughs> not great, but not terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they like try to get the better one and they're like it like maxed out at two hundred, you're like, all right, you're lying, you're crazy. Mm. You know, they just won't believe it. Yeah. Because I think they just have a certain point of view. And I don't know how much the show will get into like the reasoning of why this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that has to tie to it and just like people not really being open minded to things just because they can't understand it, they can't explain it, because the other engineer, um, he seems like he's not really working in the plant anymore. He's more on the administrative side. And he's like, explain to me how the core could explode. Mm-hmm. And, and the other engineer's like, I, I don't know. I, I can't. But I, it did, you know? Yeah. But without an explanation, they just won't believe it. Right, right. Yeah. I think it's like, um, like when you're not sure about something and it doesn't go the way that you expect it, um, You'd rather, you'd rather believe in something not true than accept what is true, mm. when it, um, when it, it when it goes against you. So it's like that that idea of like 
belief perseverance, like in spite of the evidence, because you're so concerned about protecting yourself, you'll continue to believe lies in order to, you know, not, not feel like you're responsible for something. Mm. Like, I, I think that when, when the person was berating the guy about, was kind of asking him, like, tell me how this could have happened. Like, explain to me, because we're both, you know, RBMK reactor experts, mm-hmm. whatever. I think he was pressuring him to lie to him to say mm. nothing bad happened. Like, it was perfect. You know, there was like nothing wrong. Because it kind of goes back to the quote in the beginning of the show when he's like, um, like, when you tell lies, um, like, if, when you tell so many lies, the danger is that those lies become the truth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's what was happening is like, in order to protect themselves, they kept lying. And then by lying, they were like trying to convince themselves that that was the truth mm-hmm. and hide themselves from the real truth. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I think that's really describing just that head engineer when he's in the control room and people are trying to, people are like really hesitant. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. uh, this doesn't seem to be the case anymore, but he's basically like intimidates one of the guys to call in more support. And that yeah. scientist, the engineers, like, I guess he's worried because more people come in, they'll just get exposed more. And there's like bringing them in to be exposed to the radiation, but he just intimidates him. He's like, no, no way. Like, you know, they just kind of try to like white knuckle through in some mm-hmm. ways, even though that's weird to think of because it's like radiation, nuclear stuff. But they, for some reason, aren't able to overcome to really see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they don't even want to go themselves. Like when they're in that bunker place, they send the other engineer. He's like, go go look at the thing and report back to me. Because mm-hmm. um, like you can look straight into it and see the core. Oh, yeah, that was um, not a good idea. Yeah, that guy's like, uh, no. <laughs> but then he sent him with armed guard um, and forced him basically. Yeah. And then like they they don't sh- they they just show us the scene after they don't give us the dialogue. Um, but it's just like those those guys yelling at him after he came back. I guess I'm mean, I assume he reported what he saw. He's just like mm-hmm. the core's gone, man. But yeah. it's just him again. Same thing basically. He's just yelling like no way, no way, kind of thing in disbelief. Right, yeah, they're just all in disbelief. Because um, if they were to question their belief, then the entire system would crumble, would collapse. It would, it would be, it would be kind of a. They would feel like they're the laughing stock of their, mm-hmm. of kind of their Soviet Union because they've made a mistake. Yeah, and, and no uh, one was willing to do I that. I don't know a ton about Russian culture, um, Soviet culture, but. Yeah, it could be like a shame thing, you know, like yeah. if they admit this, because they they reference a few times like how up, how far up in like the food chain they have to talk to the different people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all the way to like Gorbachev or whatever. And it's just, yeah, I think they don't want to report that something bad happened right. for their own sake, but even for the sake maybe of the state, you know, capital mm-hmm. S, like that older dude was yeah. talking about. Or even uh, Vladimir Lenin, you know, he's like mm-hmm. the God card. Cause like when, when they were at that board meeting and everyone's starting to lose their minds because they're like, they're actually starting to think rationally. Cause yeah. that one young guy was like, yeah, this is bad. We need to like evacuate people. And then the guy like, 
Like he starts hitting his cane <laughs> and uh, someone's about to drop a beat. But no, yeah. <laughs> like then he gets up and he like does this whole like, you know, jingoistic speech about like, you know what this power plant use is, is really called. It's like the Vladimir H. Lenin um, nuclear plant or something. Mm-hmm. And they just like drops that God card. And it's like, yeah, we're doing this because of like, our ancestor, like Vladimir Lenin, like he started everything. Mm. If you want to back down, you're backing down from that. Like you're backing down from, you know, like something. So like, I don't know, like, yeah, it's bigger. It's like bigger than the state. Like this is concerning like our history. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, are, are they actively choosing to expose themselves then, you know, like, Part of them got to know, you know, like, um, for the sake of this greater, just like the whole, basically, however they understand it, like they are just one part of the whole, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like communal mindset. Like, yeah, despite these facts, instead of making us look bad as a whole without, without just causing a panic, um, we will just force ourselves to believe nothing is wrong. But even mm-hmm. though it might be wrong, we will just bear those consequences. Right. Like, right. You know, we'll just be ir- irradiated or whatever. I mean, I, I doubt they know the extent. But at the same time, like something's up. Like this is not normal. Right. Um, but they're like, whether consciously or subconsciously, just like, going to bear the burden instead, like just right. for everybody else. Well, I mean. To be fair, those board members aren't bearing no burdens. You know, they're not the ones being affected by the radiation, really. Um, I mean, they might be on a very microscopic level, just the the acute radiation poisoning that's kind of going out into the sky. But they're willing to just send people in, send workers in. Like, hey, send in the firemen, send in, you know, we need, we got a fire, we got to put out with water. Like, send in these people. Mm -hmm. They're just willing to kind of throw people out there. to really protect themselves, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's just like on the part two of just basically the innocent bystanders, basically mm-hmm. just like the family of everybody that works in the plant. It's just so, like you said, sad. And like the irony, like they all go out onto that bridge to watch. Like, mm-hmm. like ah, and one of them says like, oh, it's so beautiful or something like yeah. that. I'm just like, oh no. And then if you, you only see knew. the slow, like the ashes falling on their faces. That the dad like brings his daughter, like his baby out, you know. Mm-hmm. And you just you just feel this existential dread, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is for me it was present basically throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Just because we we know the bigger picture. We really know what happened. We don't know the journey, but it's like all these people are gonna die, man. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know, right? And so it yeah. just feels bad. At the hands of their own government, too, like yeah. those in power, um, which I also thought, I don't know if you kind of felt this way, too, but like those in power in the show were generally um, older men mm-hmm. uh, that were in positions of power. And like even going coming down to uh, that one scene with the doctor and the nurse mm-hmm. where the nurse brought up the idea of needing um, iodine pills. Which, like, initially I was like, oh, why is she asking for that? Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's kind of a random ask that they're, like, showing. But it's intentional. Like, I think they show it for some reason. But the doctor just kind of dismisses it. And he's like, why would we need iodine pills? Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I think like keys in on like how certain voices are silenced in this society mm-hmm. that like if you're not in a position of power or if you're not a male, then what you say um, doesn't really matter or is not mm-hmm. regarded um, highly. And like the same thing we saw with um, one of the uh, husbands in this cup uh, of this couple that went out with uh, Vasily's wife, like kind of towards the beginning when they went out to kind of look at the fire and mm-hmm. she was like talking about, Oh, this is like probably kind of dangerous. Like, you know, that fire in a distance is, is probably bigger than we, than we think. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the husband's like trying to silence her kind of by saying like, Oh, it's, it's not that bad. They'll just put out with the fire, uh, with the firefighters. It'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I think more than just like depicting the event itself, I think even this in this first episode, really showing kind of like the mindset of the people at that time, and just mm-hmm. like as obviously as, as the writers and directors want to want to portray it, but at the same time, like I think giving us that inside look, just how they think, what their values are in some ways, and like just giving us that introduction to that society at that time. Yeah, um, which I, I think was, was done pretty well. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Any predictions on where the show's gonna go? Because neither of us have seen. Oh, I think neither of us has seen. The other I haven't episodes. seen. No, I haven't seen episode <laughs> two. Yeah. No, like, but uh, so I don't know. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say even coming in, like I, I didn't have expectations. I, I didn't really know what it was gonna be about, other than yeah. just recalling Chernobyl. So watching this first episode, like I can't say I was surprised because I didn't know what to expect. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I expected this necessarily. I feel mm. like it is it, it focused a lot on the people, I think. Yeah. More than I thought. Like as opposed to the event. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, I think um I think uh well just to backtrack a little bit, I think it's interesting. So the, the so the the guy at the end who picks up the phone, mm-hmm. he is the guy from the beginning that hangs himself. Yes. He's the same yes. guy? Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I feel like he is, like, a completely different character from everyone else on the show. Like, he's, he, like, answers the phone. He's, like, really confident. He's, mm-hmm. like, he's like yeah, like, 3.6 uh, Runkin, that's that's bad. Like, we got to evacuate the people. True. It's, like, a completely different kind of response to what other people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the state, like, kept silencing him, too. Like, he was saying all these very logical things, but then the state was, like, yeah, we only want you to answer direct questions. Like you're just there to kind of yeah. answer direct questions as the expert. Um, so I'm really curious about where the show will take him uh, ne- next episode and kind of his journey to him becoming the man that we saw in the beginning of this episode. Mm. True. Yeah, because obviously he survives. I mean, he's not even there, so that makes yeah. sense, I guess. But just have that weighs on him and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- that's interesting because just the idea that you brought up, like, who is the main character? Like, who are we really supposed to focus on? I think mm-hmm. how it starts and ends with him, I think we are going to see his journey as the guy on the outside. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so still directly tied in some way. I don't really remember his relationship to the plant. But um, just, yeah, how the decisions that we will see made, and we are already seeing some, Mm-hmm. how that will affect him and just his his wrestling with that. So 
Yeah, I think it'll be much more about the, the like the human experience of, of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I agree, man. Yeah, I look forward to talking about this more next week as we get into episode two. Um, yeah. And any uh, final thoughts about this episode, about this series so far? It's good, good to be back to the HBO, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good. Uh, it's very, very high quality, high production value. Um, no, yeah. no hate on our other the shows that we've talked about, <laughs> but this is it's different, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely heavier, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, now it's time for our weekly segment, uh, What's Making You Happy This Week, when we share about one thing that's recently been giving us energy and just those good vibes. So, mm-hmm. Dill, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, uh, like like I said, this uh, is my last semester, but this week is my last first week of school. Um, you know, that makes sense. This is my first week uh, of the semester, you know, so it's my, uh, it my last first week, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so nice. I, it's, it's interesting to say, but I'm, I am excited. I'm happy to be back in school, um, you know? I think... When I don't have school, I sort of don't know what to do with myself sometimes. <laughs> um, too much freedom, perhaps. But yeah, it, it, there's this kind of like the end is so close now. So it's, it's making me happy because I'm like, oh, yeah, I can just make it. Uh, I, I've already been in this for so long. Mm. I'm just going to finish it out. So and it's good to just be back. I think it's just, it's just a little bit different perspective on it when I'm like, yeah, I'm, gra- I'm graduating this semester. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, Makes man. Makes me happy. Nice. Yeah. What about you, my friend? Yeah, I think for me, um, what's making me happy this week is, um, I don't know. I I think uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a little bit of a break uh, from school and uh, from the kids so having a three-day weekend is definitely something I'm looking forward to. That's giving me energy. That's, uh, you know, giving me some some good vibes. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I guess I just, I'm happy to be on the show with you and just uh, kick off 2020 with the Chernobyl and just uh, doing doing this uh, podcast thing. So, yeah, that's, that's what's making me happy this week. That's true. That's true. And just getting back to our original form, you know, HBO, yes, diving deep. I'm talking about stuff. Uh, Yeah, that's good. Cool. Nice. Well, thanks for talking this week. Looking forward Mm -hmm. to next week when we get to episode two. Yes, sir. This was the Pour Over Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over game. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at herecomesdaniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic, one word. Thanks for joining us, and take care. Peace.